Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One MMA Fighting's Matchmaking Podcast. We try as best as we can to make sense. In regards to the what's next, following UFC 255 on Saturday night, we had two title fights. Both Davidson Figueiredo and Valentina Shevchenko went into the UFC Apex as champions. They both left the UFC Apex as champions, and we'll talk the futures for them and other notable names from the UFC's second-to-last pay-per-view of the year. I am Mike Heck, being joined, as always, by the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the Prince of Positivity, Mr. Alex Kaylee. Hello, sir. Greetings and salutations on this Thanksgiving week. Yes, Mike, uh, my best friend. Happy fake American Thanksgiving <laughs> uh, up here in Canada. We have already done Thanksgiving. It was fabulous. We did it. Uh, we, we do it in, in October. For anyone who doesn't, we do it in the same month as Halloween. We do it in October as, as God intended. Uh, but I think it's very cute that you guys like to space your holidays apart and get the most out of them. So, uh, yes, ha- happy uh, Thanksgiving to you guys down there. Uh, Mike, I, I mean, look, I say this episode going to start off in a way that we've never really had to start off any episode before uh normally we could have a spirited discussion about the main event but i think uh i think as you, you'll probably explain why uh we don't really get to do that this time around do we yes because we can go ahead and get rid of two of the names from our list right off the bat and like you you had mentioned this is sort of unprecedented on especially on this show because the man who ended the night with the first round submission over alex perez davis of figueredo his next title defense is ready to go. He and Brandon Moreno, who also got a first-round finish uh, in the highly anticipated Brandon-on-Brandon fight, they have agreed to a title fight on December 12th, less than three weeks away, and they will compete, as of now, in the co-main event of UFC 256. There are reports out there that perhaps Aljamain Sterling versus Piotr Jan might be rescheduled. So I don't know. We don't know anything about that, at least as we're recording right now, but... Who knows? It, it seemed a little strange, AK, and it's pretty wild that this fight was put together on three weeks' notice. You, 
I didn't even think about maybe there was something wrong with, with Jan and Sterling, but it was kind of a, a strange move to to turn both these guys around on three weeks' notice. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Jan and Sterling because let's never forget that uh, that it took how long for Dana White to commit to, to an Aljamain Sterling Piotr Jan <laughs> matchup? Like he, 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 you know, the night that Sterling uh, had that huge win, he he couldn't even say, yeah, he's ne- he's next. We'll we'll have it in the works soon. He gave the standard, you know, he gave the standard UFC answer was, guys, you know, we have our matchmaking meeting on Tuesday. That's when we usually decide these things. So of course, you know, you guys can ask about matchups. So I'm not going to confirm anything tonight. But uh, on Saturday, this Saturday, he did not give that answer. He's just. Uh, this is the first time he's ever just said yes. That's next. It's in the works. And and as you said, I think now we know why they 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 uh, they maybe need a new title fight uh, for that December twelfth show. So yeah, we don't really need to speculate. We I think you and I both would have said Brandon Moreno is next anyway. So hopefully nothing falls through. It's not. We should mention it's definitely not official. It's, it's verb. I think verbally agreed is about as far as it's gone. I mean, logically, I don't think they signed contracts overnight. Uh, but a lot, you know, they still have to cross the T's and dot the I's. And uh, Dana White even said he's a little bit worried about um, Figueredo having to make weight, uh, you know, 125 on the dot two times in such a, a short period of time. It, it is very tough on the body, and he's had trouble before. But uh, again, fingers crossed it should happen. And, and this is the fight we all want, whether it's December 12th or somewhere else down the road. Yes, I agree. I'm very excited for that fight. It's going to be really good. Brandon Moreno, you kind of feel for the man in a way because. He's worked so hard to get to this title fight. He thought he got the big fat hose job from the matchmakers. But Brandon Royval did what he had to do, and he's finally going to get his opportunity to become the first Mexican, like actual, like Mexican-born and Mexican, you know, bred, raised, living native to become UFC world champion. This means Mike, a lot the, to him. You got the name switched around there. You said you said you got Moreno and Roy Vout. You got your Brandon's. We should. You know what I mean. <laughs> let's give you a little inside baseball here. Uh, we are recording on uh, the day after UFC 255, and for anyone who's keeping up with our site, we were doing the post-fight show up until a past four in the morning uh, Eastern time. So we're gonna be a little. We might be a little scrambled on the yes. show. Let's put it that way. But you guys understand, Brandon. A deserving Brandon is getting a title shot. Correct. And <laughs> yeah, and there's so many times where like writing up articles and putting in YouTube headlines, I, Roy Val was Moreno. Moreno became Roy Val. <laughs> and I, I had to switch them around. So it is what it is. Really excited for the fight. Uh, I'm actually hoping to have Mr. Moreno back on What the Heck this week to talk about all of it. Uh, some sort of personal rivalry between these two guys that I know nothing about. So uh, fingers crossed. But we begin things. In a weird way, with the man who came up short in his quest uh, to become the first Contender Series alum to capture UFC gold, Alex Perez, submitted in just under two minutes via nasty guillotine choke. Tough night at the office for Perez, who I know we it was a very small sample size, a minute and 57 seconds, but, you know, in the first minute and a half, he looked pretty darn good in the fight, you know, but, you know, figure out just that good. But obviously he will learn and grow from that one, undoubtedly. But what would you like to see next for Mr. Alex Perez, AK, after his first title opportunity. Uh, Mike, I, normally, you know, I, I don't mind going first, but I do have a lot of options, and I don't want to potentially step on your feet, uh, unless you also have a lot of options that you've thrown out there. I don't, I don't know how clear you are on this one. I, I do have a clear choice, but there, there were some other options I want to run over. So m- maybe, maybe go first. Okay. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't overlap here. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a resurgence in this division. Clearly, uh, like you said, there's, I mean, there's a lot a lot of options across the top 10 for a guy like Alex Perez. I mean, you could do Perez versus Brandon Royval. I mean, they've trained together. They like each other. Uh, sure, it wouldn't be their first options. It is an option. It is not my option. 
My pick is the rematch with Joseph Benavidez. Uh, Perez really wants that fight. They are the last two guys to fight Davis and Figueiredo. There's a story there. Perez wants redemption from their first fight a little over two years ago. And Benavidez has, has done some media and says, listen, you know, people say I might have a foot out the door. I still think I could be champion. So he wants to prove he's still one of the elite guys, one of the very best at 125. I think with the storylines involved and trying to get this division moving, you know, continuing to move forward, I think this is the fight to make. Let's run it back between those two guys. What do you think? Yeah, it, it, I, I looked at that one. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just looking at those consecutive losses to Figueredo too hard. Um, and uh, but yeah, really, who who is? But there is no Benavides to me is still essentially the number one, I guess number one, number two ranked flyweight. So there is no fighting up for him except for Figueredo, right? So <laughs> that fight's not going to happen again anytime soon, unfortunately. So um, I like I like that one. As you mentioned, the obvious answer would be Brandon Roy Val, assuming that Roy Val's shoulder injury is nothing serious. We're hoping it's not a tear. I'm sure we'll have an update on that uh, within the next few days. Um, I, I had a, a, one of my boring answers was kind of like almost like a like a tune-up fight for Perez to, to just get back uh, get back in the win column. Uh, Rogerio Bontorin, Bontorin um, who he's had an ankle injury. He's supposed to fight Cape in August. Hopefully, he'll be ready to fight early next year. And Bontorin is also a talent, but I should say it's sure. not like he's someone Perez would just walk over. Maybe maybe Bontorin takes a spot. Um, but that's if. Uh, but for me, obviously, I think Perez would be pretty heavily favored there. And then I was kind of dancing around it. I was wondering maybe maybe you give Askar Askarov a chance to take Perez's spot. But the fight that I want, which I I know it won't happen, but the fight that I want is this man was talking a lot of crap last night on social media about Perez. All right, Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> Put your damn money where your mouth is, all right? You think that this guy didn't deserve your spot? Then I say, come take his spot. I, I, there's no chance that if they offer that fight that... Well, I don't know if he would if he would say no, but I think that UFC wouldn't even bother offering it. They want him and Figueredo as soon as possible. Um, but for me, he has to earn it. And I think Perez has earned himself another big fight. I know people are like, oh, he got submitted quickly. It was... it was. If you can call those two minutes competitive, it, it was. I thought it was competitive. And uh, and I think he'd do very well against Cody Garbrandt as well. I, very likely even beat him, uh, if we're being honest. So, uh, Cody, you're going to talk. Let's walk the walk. Uh, I know, zero chance, but that's this is a what I would want to happen, not what I think will happen. I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, in, a, in a perfect world, Cody Garbrandt gets one fight at 25 anyways before he fights for the belt just to make sure he can make the weight and, you know, be healthy in doing so and fighting after cutting out down to 125. I think Garbrandt would have a much easier time than TJ Dillashaw, for being honest, just because of his frame. He is a little bit smaller of a 35er, but I'd like to see that. I'd like to see him put his money where his mouth is for fighting for the belt. But let us move ahead to Valentina Shevchenko, one of the most dominant fighters on the planet, defends her title for the fourth time, unanimous decision victory over uh, Jennifer Maya. This one is pretty easy, AK. I'll just jump in and, and, and start this party. Dana White talked about it. Lauren Murphy said when I last spoke with her that this was the likely scenario anyways, even though she's in the conversation. Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade is the pick. I'd, I'd like to see Murphy versus Andrade. Winner gets the shot, but nobody in the UFC corporate offices cares what i have to say in that situation so for going with who we think it's actually going to be in the matchmaker meeting it seems like Shevchenko doesn't want to sit on the sidelines for too long for check the tapes purposes ak it's on that's the pick is that yours as well uh yeah absolutely i i uh 
uh, in a perfect world, I, I think I've said before, I'd like to see them both get to, both get a shot at uh, at Shevchenko. But again, I mean, someone's gonna have to wait a while. I don't know if either fighter wants to wait. They'll probably whoever doesn't get it will probably end up taking a fight in between, uh, which I think we'll discuss a little bit later in the show. Again, the mm-hmm. women's flyweight division was was pretty active on on Saturday night. So uh, yeah, Andraj, when she knocked out Chukagian, I was all super pumped. I was caught up in the moment. I was all like, yes, give her the title shot tomorrow. I'm I'm all for it. And my excitement has not lowered that much. I still think. Uh, she's one of the biggest threats to Shevchenko. Certainly, in the eyes of the fans, she's one of the fighters, one of the few fighters in the roster who I think people really believe uh, could be a threat. She'd she'd still be an underdog, pretty considerable underdog if they matched up. But her finishing power is just so intriguing. She is a former UFC champion already in another weight class. It's it's almost a super fight of sorts. So um, yeah, Andrade is a choice. Jessica Andrade for sure. Jennifer Maya, very gritty in defeat. She did much better than pretty much everybody thought she would, and. Again, to me, this is this is very easy, AK. What do you think for for Jennifer Maya following her first opportunity at a, at a title? Did you say it's, you have an obvious choice? I, it's obvious to me. I, well, I mean, it's pretty. I it's fear, maybe not obvious. It's right. easy to me. This is an easy pick for me. I always feel when you say that, I feel pressure. I always feel like if I don't say it, I'm I'm a fool. But uh, I I went with the pick. Maybe I don't know if it's easy. It's certainly boring. Uh, I thought you just match her up with Calvillo. I guess. Yeah. You know, they're both in the same card. Yeah. Okay. It, it would be great to see Calvillo, uh, for one thing, get back to her grappling. I know her striking has improved a lot, and she certainly has had her moments in all her fights uh, where she's chosen to stand up a lot. But, uh, you know, and I'm not saying it was easy to take King in down, but I think a lot of people would have liked to see her maybe force the action a little bit more. Uh, again, easier said than done when you're fighting an opponent that's that's uh, so much bigger and longer than you. But uh, I think Maya would welcome a fight like that. I mean, we saw she's certainly willing to grapple with Shevchenko. She maybe didn't get the better of all those exchanges, but um, she's a good Muay Thai fighter who also, yeah, has uh, definitely can can uh, can show off her jits on the ground. So. Yeah, Calvillo Maya. Let's uh, let's keep these two moving. Let's keep them uh, in, in the contender circle, and let's just have them sorted out. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was more drama here, but there just <laughs> isn't with this one. I mean, I mean, there's there's obviously a few other selections that that we could do, but I just feel like this is this is just too easy. And sometimes you just go with the easy one. You know, you take the gimme instead of you know putting the three footer. You know, any any interest in Maya versus the Andrea Lee Jillian Robertson winner, December twelfth. No, no. Okay. Well, I'm glad I brought that up. I'll explain. I'll explain why. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, a little bit later on, TBC, but TBC. Yes. So let us move to the welterweight division. Tim Means, the wily vet, answers the door of opportunity. He replaces Robbie Lawler against one Mike Perry. They had a hell of a fight. These two guys. Perry obviously had the big weight miss. Had a great first round, but in the end, Tim Means gets it done. Picks up the unanimous decision. Looked great over those final ten minutes. What would you like to see next for Mr. Means, AK, after that victory? I got two really good choices here. You know, credit to him. Uh, he's a bit hard to match make for because he took the fight on short notice uh, and then and then beat an opponent for weights. So I'm not even sure where this puts him in the rankings. He barely moved in mine. Um, it, it was a bit of an odd one. Uh, I'm first. I'm going to go the fight the guy he replaced route and just say I'm going to lobby for Robbie. Lobby for Robbie, Mike. Let's start. <laughs> let's start that campaign. I got. I got Brandon on Brandon. I got Neil on Neil. Uh, let's lobby for Robbie for uh, for Tim Means. I, I would just love to see him, that obviously that fight style wise, and uh, and it'd be cool to see Means get a shot at uh, at Lawler's spot because Lawler I think uh, I had a came to this booking I think was still 14th or 15th. I, I don't think they'd take him out yet. I know he's he's in a bit of a slump, but I believe he was still holding on to his ranking. And I'd like to see Means get a shot at that. He's just he's just been such a good competitor for so long. Um, 
and a guy who, again, you feel like he could give anyone in the top 15 a run for their money. So uh, Robbie Lawler, hopefully uh, whatever whatever health issues are there are, are not a big deal, and we can see him matched up soon. So that was my first pick. And then the other one was uh, a guy who people are always matching up with any time a welterweight has a big win, uh, and, and I have been pretty good showing restraint with just throwing his name out there. But Vicente Luque. I think Luque means awesome fight. Uh, I'm more in favor of the Lawler matchup, but I think he's being a little more picky with his matchup these days. Luque, I think you send him that contract. He's all in. I am. I mean, I was all in on it before you threw out this this new mantra that should be on a T-shirt that everybody should buy. Lobby for Robbie. I'm lobbying for Robbie in a in a big way. I mean, he's earned the right to face Robbie Lawler after replacing Robbie Lawler. That's a lot of fun. And and listen, like I know. When we watch Robbie Lawler, we're like, uh, I don't know. He's, you know, it's a young man's game at certain points. Like, he's mis- is that overmatched. I would favor Tim Means, you know, probably like a two to one favorite at least in that fight. But it's it's not a fight that I'm like, I look at if they book it for Robbie Lawler and I'm like, ugh, I don't, I don't know if I want to see this. I, I like the fact that it's two veterans getting after it. And I think Means deserves that name. And uh, I think that's the direction they go. So maybe in February, that's when Robbie wants to come back. So. I had, again, I didn't have to think too much about this one, AK. It just seems like the the right piece of business. Yeah. Uh, again, f- fans would want it. It's almost one of those fights fans would would be surprised that it wasn't uh, maybe that it wasn't booked in the past. Uh, but yeah, it, it's really don't overthink it. You want two welterweight veterans, two great strikers. Put them in there. That's it. Yes, I think everybody should go on Twitter and hashtag lobby for Robbie. <laughs> oh, I got to get that going. Okay, I'll get that going this week. Yeah, I'm 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 pumped. You got me. You got me fired up with that one, AK. So let's talk about Caitlin Chukagan. We mentioned that this is a big night for the flyweight. She comes back quickly after getting finished by Jessica Andrade about around a month or so earlier. Sweeps the scorecards against Cynthia Calvillo. Thwarted her title hopes for the time being. And now, I'm excited, AK. This could be her thing. Okay, Randy Orton back in the day in the WWE. This he was the legend killer. He's taking out Piper and Ricky Steamboat and all these and all these different legends, all the way up to the Undertaker. He was the legend killer, and they built him as such. And Jukagan, let's be honest, very talented fighter. She's not getting a title shot anytime soon, as long as Valentina Shevchenko is the champion. So now you position blonde fighter as the contender killer, the dream dasher, so to speak. She is coming in here to dash the hopes and dreams of all up and coming contenders. To me. Chikagian versus Lauren Murphy is the fight to make. Like it has to be. Like everybody else is seemingly booked up. We've talked about most of the matchups already on this program, and Murphy seems to need another win. It looks like to get that title fight, and this seems like a a good option for both ladies. They have fought before. Chikagian got the win at 135 in her UFC debut on short notice, but that fight was over four years ago. People still bring that fight up, but that was a long time ago. Both of these ladies are totally different fighters, especially Lauren Murphy. She's a totally different fighter than she was in 2016. I would like to see that one again, AK. I, I just think there's, I, again, I want to see how that would play out four years later. And B, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of other options. Uh, that fight was also at 135 pounds. So, yeah, we're yes. talking about different weight class four years ago. It's, 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 it, that's, those are more than uh, grounds for a rematch, I think, I think most people would say. But uh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because I just think Lauren Murphy should be getting a title shot. Sure. Um, but you're right. I, it's 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 uh, Chukagian is in. She puts the matchmakers in a really tough position because she really is a top three fighter at 125 pounds. She's proven that, and people ha- they do have to. Other fighters should have to go through her <clears throat> to get that shot against. <clears throat> excuse me. Pardon me. Against uh, Valentina Shevchenko. So. <clears throat> 
terrible. This is a, I hope people are really enjoying that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I hate it. And yet it's, I'm like 98% sure that is the matchup that's going to happen. My pick personally, I want to see her <laughs> face. She'd have to wait a bit. I kind of like this is more just for the sake of a fresh matchup. Uh, uh, Chukagian versus the Roxanne Modafferi, uh Viviana Arujo winner. But that's not until January 30th. So we're talking about that'd be a two month wait to see how that fight shakes out. Then at least probably another two months. So I, I'm, I'm shelving Chukagian for four months. She she really didn't look like she was hurt that badly in the fight with Calviel. She probably wants to fight again in December if the offer came up, or even in January. Uh, it's, she's probably. I'd say the, if the Lauren Murphy matchup doesn't happen, she steps in as a replacement for one of these uh, flyweight matchups that have been booked um, from from because a few have been booked from here to, to like February, uh, so she steps in for one of those. But other than that, almost certain it's it's the Murphy it's the Murphy rematch. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. She's either I mean she even said to Joe Rogan after that super awkward interview after the win that you know she wants to fight again real quick. So and Murphy wanted to get back into December. She wanted to fight Calvillo in December. So I don't know if it's a December fight. Maybe it is. You know, maybe it is. Maybe they throw that on on December 12th and and, and go from there. But interesting 125 the, especially in the women's division. Both of both divisions for being us super fascinating. Probably as uh, as fascinating as they have ever been. But let us head to the light heavyweight division. Paul Craig kicked off the main card. Second round finish over Mauricio Shogun Hua. The rivalry, AK, is officially over. Craig gets the win, gets the stoppage, and this is probably the more interesting one to pick of the entire card, if we're being honest. Like, where do we go next with Paul Craig? Everything else seems so blatantly obvious. This one, not so much. Which, which one of these plethora of options works best for you? Uh, Paul Craig, Paul Craig, Paul Craig's got the thickest Scottish accent I've ever heard. Uh, that's that's how long I could maintain it for. That's it's thick because I think he's got a bassy voice too. He's got a bassy voice plus a thick Scottish accent. It's something else. Uh, thankfully, I'm a master at deciphering accents, so I can I can understand him. But uh, I've heard a lot of jokes about him being a translator. Uh, <laughs> uh, this wasn't hard for me at all because we had laid the groundwork on our show. I had said. Uh, after Johnny Walker's last win, I wanted him to face the winner of this fight, either as a passing of the torch fight with Shogun or a, a avenging uh, the Brazilian legend fight with Paul Craig. So uh, certainly the way that Paul Craig beat him, I'm sure a lot of fans in Brazil were not happy. He forced the legendary Shogun to tap out to strikes, which, uh, again, there's no shame in it, but I understand why people, it's kind of a distressing sight. So Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, that's uh, for me, that's the easy pick. Love to see that. No drama here. That is the pick. Mm. Paul Craig kind of made it easier. Did this post-fight scrum. Calls out Glover Teixeira. Shot for the stars. Not pulling down anything. Misha Serkidov. You know, a little lower on the in the sky. But still not getting that fight because Misha Serkinov's already fighting Ryan Spann. And then he called out Johnny Walker. And listen, that fight just is so much fun. Like, Paul would be a really interesting test for Walker. And vice versa, and the personalities involved in that fight just puts a smile on my face. AK, like <laughs> I, I th- those two guys should get their own media day in in lieu of the fight. Yeah, like, oh, give yeah. them a different day, give them a two hour stretch, and, uh, and give them their own thing and let them and let them have at it. But Craig's earned a little bit of a step a step up. Whatever you know, we talk kind of talked about Jan Blachowicz and like the surge he's had. I'm not comparing Paul Craig to Jan Blachowicz, but Paul Craig had kind of a rough start to his UFC run. You know, lost a bunch of fights, but now he's he seemed to have found himself. He's coming into his own at the right time, and I want to see that chaos. That would be Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker, so sign me up for that one, AK. Lobby for Johnny. Yeah. 
lobby for Johnny as well. Yeah. And I remember Craig had said something uh, uh, on uh, something to the effect of in an interview, like he was going to retire. I think if he had lost, there was one of those fights. You know, when he had that run of kind of third round comebacks. I want to say it was the. Let me look this up real quick. I want to say it was the. Uh, Ankalaev fight, yes, because he had lost two. Yes, he had lost. He he got one and two in the UFC so far. Had lost two straight, and uh, was facing Ankalaev. And then he got this mission with one second left, and he said he was actually going to consider uh, retiring and not fighting again. That was th- uh, two years, well over two two and a half years ago now. So uh, he really did kind of turn things around. There is an element of it, and the, and the other cool thing is that he's really proven he's not just that kind of you know so that kind of joke like a fluky oh he he's a last second magic guy even though he does have third round finishes he really looks like a solid all around fighter now he's gotten a lot more comfortable with the striking his grappling still is bread and butter still awesome but um, yeah this uh, a fight with a guy like Walker or, uh, and or maybe another contender in the future honestly he's he he can sneak in there he can sneak into that top ten maybe that top five we'll see we're really high on Paul Craig right now. Yeah, I mean, let's let's see what he's got. Let's see what he's got. Unbeaten his last four fights, three of those finishes. We'll see what happens. But uh, this would be Brandon Moreno's time. But since Brandon Moreno is already booked, we've already discussed this. Let us get to the viral KO King himself, yes. Joaquin Buckley. Another devastating knockout win, this time over the Beverly Hills Ninja, Jordan Wright. Wasn't as crazy as the Impacasagadai knockout, but equally as effective. And AK, like, I feel like this is just the theme. And I feel like when I type out the titles and the headlines for the podcast network, it's just going to be like, on to the next one. This was too easy because this is just too easy. The rivalry that began and had the gasoline thrown on it by the fine folks here at MMA Fighting, it is James Krause. And there is no other option. If they book any other fight, it's just bad, and everyone should be up in arms. Let's knock this bad boy out early in 2021. Let's let these guys get after it. There's other fun fights, certainly. Joaquin Buckley's got that style, but this is the fight, right? There's no other option here. There are other options. I will leave them to the readers. This is the number one option far and away, and if the UFC is not already working on this, they should have been working on this before this Buckley fight, frankly, uh, with the assumption that he was going to win, uh, because otherwise it's promotional malpractice, as they say. <laughs> and... Uh, Mike, your 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 pot stirring and uh, and s disturbing uh, has finally paid off. The UFC should owe you whatever you know. They should owe you some of the revenue from this matchup because you definitely helped to make this happen. You've spoken to both men. You've gotten all the facts of this feud. There's no doubt they do not like each other, uh, and and it has to be settled in the cage. It, not not just for the sake of our entertainment, for for the sake of two martial artists who I still feel like can find peace. I still feel like someday someday can be friends, but. They will have to. They have to settle it in the cage first. There's no. There's no talking this one out. There's no letting this one peter out. This is. This is a festering boil of a feud that needs to be. That needs to be lanced, uh, lanced in in the octagon. And uh, and I can't wait. But I would. I would hope that they have a great fight and it's all hugs and handshakes after. Um, but but that's definitely not going to happen until until they scrap. So yeah, at 170. By the way, I, I, Buckley says he make 170. This really really should happen at 170. I, I don't want to see it happen in middleweight. Yeah, and Kraus said he'd be happy to go up to 85 and fight him too. And maybe yeah, of course in this. He would. Maybe in this crazy world and, you know, he's got a million things going on. Maybe he does go up to 85 sure. just for a one-time fight. I, I don't – they would do this at 205 if, if, if they wanted to. Like, <laughs> doesn't just, matter. Just get him in there. I don't care what the weight class is. Just get him in there. Just do it at 185. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Just get him in there and let him, let him settle it. And then, like you said, because your goal in this whole thing, AK, was have them be friends. Like, have them be yes. friendly. Maybe Friendship. get – yeah, maybe maybe train together at some point. Doesn't look like it's gonna happen anytime <laughs> soon if you if you listen to either of those interviews, but uh but that's the fight to make is 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We go from kind of too easy. Now we get to think a little bit more, AK. This is why I love this so much, and this is why the listeners do as well. It's time for the wild card round. We match make for a fighter that we haven't mentioned yet or match made for yet, and we do so right now. So UFC 255 in the books, AK. What is your wild card pick coming out of the November pay-per-view extravaganza? Yeah, I did have a little bit of trouble uh, figuring out how to how to match up. So some of the fighters either were too veteran or the, or the opposite. They're newcomers, and newcomers I usually don't even bother speculating. It's just it's too difficult to predict, and usually I just want to see them face other newcomers. So so there's not a lot of intrigue there. So I went with a uh, somewhat of a veteran, but someone who's uh, kind of a fresh face to the UFC again because he kind of came back to the UFC. Uh, I really like Nicholas Dalby's fight with Daniel Rodriguez. Great performance by him to to stop one of the hottest fighters of 2020. You know, Rodriguez was three and zero, looking to go four and zero, uh, and and Dalby uh, beat him in a, in a really good back and forth striking battle. So, uh, I just want to see him keep having fun fights. You know, I'm not throwing him up crazy up the rankings or anything like that. Uh, I think ideally, it's either the uh, Li Jingliang Dwight Grant winner. They're fighting in a couple weeks, December 12th, or. Um, Brian Barberina, I, I, a match with Brian Barberina would be friggin' perfect. I don't think they fought before. Now that I mentioned it, I, for some reason I feel like I should check this, but I believe that would be a fresh matchup. Bam Bam is always fun. You know, that's that's uh, that's not uh, news to anyone. Yes, I know. He just had surgery to address to some internal bleeding dealy. You know, I'm not uh, downplaying that. The stitches are still fresh, apparently. I was looking at his social media. The stitches just barely came out. Uh, sorry, the staples just barely came out. And the stitches are fresh, but whatever. He's tough. Whenever he's ready, I, I'm sure he'll be fine in two months, three months. So uh, get back back in there, bam, bam. Hopefully you'll be healthy by then. We miss it. We miss Brian Barberina competing, and, and I'd love to see him throw down with Dolby. Yeah, that'd be a fun fight. I'm going with Antonia Shevchenko, AK, and I feel oh, like— Oh, your favorite. Your favorite fighter. Yes. I feel like she has earned it because she impressed the hell out of me, and for those who have been listening to this program since the beginning, I have not been— 
overly kind to Antonina Shevchenko, and this is this is through no fault of her own. I never questioned her fighting abilities. I just I questioned the UFC when it came to her. She just got pushed way too quickly. She got names that she shouldn't have gotten so early on in her UFC career. But she, I guess the UFC knows better than I do because she seems to have paid her dues, and she looked phenomenal against Ariane Lipsky. But I'm not ready to throw her to the wolves just yet. I just don't want to see that. But there is a fight that was just added to UFC 256. You mentioned it a little a little earlier. And I think it's more than suitable to give Antonia Shevchenko the winner of that fight. So I want to see Shevchenko versus the winner of Andrew Lee versus Jillian Robertson on, on December 12th. I like both of those options for her. It's a step up, but it's the right kind of step up. Like we're not... We're not putting her on a trampoline to the top of the ladder. She's taking like a step or two up there. So it's a little bit of a slower burn. I think that's the fight to make. I know Jillian Robertson really wants that fight. Andrew Lee will fight anybody. So it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, I like that matchup a lot. Uh, yeah, no no, no qualms with that. Women's flight, like I said, it's, it's been a really busy division. They do, they've do they been doing a great job of keeping it moving. And I think Shevchenko is right in there with that that mix of fighters who... Um, I know people see she only has, you know, whatever, 10, 11 pro fights, but obviously she has a lot of combat sports experience. And she, I think she's a little bit older than people uh, know. You know, she's, she's, she's the older sister of Valentina Shevchenko. I don't know if people keep that in mind. So... Uh, she had a lot of combat sports mileage on her, so she's in that mix of fighters, uh, right, right in the middle of the 125 pound division, who are, you know, a lot of compelling matchups, and someone in that pack you feel like is gonna, if they can get in a run, can break away and maybe uh, sneak into a title shot, sometime late 2021, 2022. So, obviously with Antonina, there's some other complications there <laughs> as far <Yeah>. as fighting <laughs> 125 pound title. But uh, yes, uh, uh, Andrea Lee or, or Jillian Robertson, uh, a fight, if they if they get a win over uh, Anthony Shevchenko, it, it'd be a nice way for for Andrea Lee to get back on track for one, and also for one of them to uh, you know keep moving back up in the rankings. Yes. Uh, do we have a do we have a check the tape here, AK? I mean, I know we introduced a segment. I, yeah. I might have like a little you know maybe we, we come up with some sort of like theme song or, or something. So check the tape. We do. Yes. I, I apologize. I did not prepare a check the tapes this week. Uh, just assume that any matchups you guys heard about this week we talked about in a prior show. I'm sure. <laughs> <but> no. Uh, <laughs> there there was actually a lot of uh, we had a lot of matchups to cover this week. So uh, that's my excuse. I actually just I actually just kind of slipped my mind. Uh, <laughs> It's a it's a new segment, people. We're workshopping it, okay? And sometimes you workshop things, but uh, yes, we will. I will have check the tapes this week. But we had a lot of good. We had a lot of good reader stuff. Yes, let's hear them to make up for to make up for my incompetence. Uh, we had a lot of good reader stuff. Readers, the readers are getting so good. They're really, really just bringing it. Uh, either with matchups that we haven't thought of, or just kind of like funny, kind kind of funny things. So uh, your your wild card pick, Anthony Shevchenko. I don't like this suggestion. This was kind of a weird one. Uh, but I guess if Murphy ends up getting the title shot for some uh, for some reason, let let's say let's say Jessica Andrade, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe the money there's a money issue or I don't know for some reason Jessica Andrade doesn't get it. Uh, at uh, Kevin Hahn on Twitter said he wants to see Jessica Andrade fight Antonina Shevchenko. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. All right. All right. I'm sorry. You know, we're not we're not off to a great start. But I, I you know, I'm glad someone threw it out there. So thank you. Uh, a couple of the other ones I solicited on our, uh, our MA Fighting social media uh, Twitter account were, uh, were Buckley and Moreno. So those are pointless now because, again, Buckley, we all want to see cross. Moreno essentially booked, fingers crossed, unless something falls through. Uh, I think uh, we had a reader respond. I don't know if this was directly to you. Yes, directly to us. Uh, at Casual Eves, Eve the Hardcore Casual on Twitter. If he's willing to fight again, 
So assuming this man isn't retired, Luke Rockhold versus Paul Craig. Um, I think Paul Craig would like that because it's a name. Sure, he would. It's just, it's yeah, it's a bit weird for for Rockhold because again, I think you're giving a guy, you're giving him like a top twenty guy. I, yeah, Rockhold want that too, right? He, I think he thinks himself as probably as like a top ten light heavyweight, right? Even though he technically hasn't won a fight in that in that division. You'd be down for that? Sure. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I I, I saw that last night and I was like, huh, mm-hmm. and I thought about it. If they did it, I'm yeah. sure. Both guys would be would be fine with it. I just wouldn't be my first choice. Like Luke Rockhold coming back, like when he when he was telling ESPN that you know what, I'm going to give this thing another go. Like there was only one fight that made sense, and it was the Chris Weidman rematch. Like I I just don't see any other fight for Rockhold. You know what I mean? I'm like this it's rematch it, yeah. central. I still want to see it uh, at Mighty Magic Mart, a regular contributor. I kind of like the suggestion he had for us, which was uh, take. Uh, Perez to get the winner of the upcoming Cape uh, Askar Askarov fight, and then uh, Alex Perez gets the loser of that fight. Uh, I have no problem with those matchups just because all those matchups would be, would be friggin' sick. So uh, I don't know if I've really thought about it from a you know oh where does it affect their rankings or contendership standpoint. But I mean as far as good fights, yeah, you, you can't go wrong with either of those. So I like the suggestion, although I think the winner of that fight is going to fight Askar Askarov. The winner of uh, of, w- of which fight? Cape Pantoja will fight Askar Askarov. Cape Pantoja winner will fight Askar Askarov. Oh, okay. That's, that's what is... I think is going to happen. That'll be like the oh, next wait. number one contender fight. Okay, why is the suggestion? Okay, I read the suggestion. The suggestion thinks that Cape and Askarov are fighting? I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think yeah, I, I, I might have gotten mixed up there. Yeah, I read it as give Perez either the winner of that fight or give him Askarov. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. We got to have Askarov in the mix. That's for sure. That guy's that guy's really good. There, there's another future man. Uh, Figueredo has some great, great matchups ahead of him. Eh? I don't want to see him go up to bantamweight anytime soon. Yeah, you don't need it. And you know what's crazy? There's a lot of good title fights ahead of him. You know what's crazy? The original plan was to have Askarov versus Cape on the card last night. That was right, the plan. Right, right, right. It just didn't happen. Yeah. I, oh, that fight been so sick. But now we have Cape um, versus Pantoja. Uh, on December 19th on that absolutely ridiculous card. So it's going to be kind of buried on the prelims, but it's not one that we can complain about because that, that whole card is absolutely insane. Flyweight's rule. We saw it last <laughs> night. We, we see it with all the matchups coming up. Man, it's just men's and women's flyweights. It's, there's a lot going on. There's a really good division. Uh, we had the usual suspects of, of the Twitter crew sending in suggestions. I'll read some of the best ones. From uh, Aronsky, he likes, uh, and I just want those guys' name out there because we didn't mention him, Kyle Dacus, who had a win on his first UFC win on the prelims. Tom Breeze. I think a little too soon maybe for Dacus, but uh, Breeze is in that situation where I do feel like the UFC might use him as kind of a, a mid-range stepping stone. I'm not sure how high they are in Breeze. So that so that's not I don't think that's a terrible matchup I, I, we've matched up Breeze before I think with other more experienced UFC guys though yeah I feel like we've matched Breeze up like every week the, every time there's a middleweight I, fight I, it comes up it comes up uh, Harry Lipsky he says if not Kraus for Buckley so again there's, again, there's some people just thinking outside the box everyone wants Kraus but if for some reason it doesn't end up going that way he likes Buckley versus the Carl Roberson uh, Dalcha Lungambula winner they fight in a couple weeks December 12th I, I actually kind of like that because uh, I still think Kraus is almost too experienced for him. I again, number one option by far. But if they had Buckley, if they continued to bring along Buckley slowly, I would have no problem with that. Let me let me just put it that way. I it's a fun fight. Like someone's going night night. Like there's no doubt about it. Someone's going night night in that in, in either of those options. Kraus does have the experience, but I think it says a lot about Kraus because Kraus is in a position right now where he could be like, you know what? 
I ain't fighting anybody outside of the top 15 right now. Sure. What does he want, like seven fights in a row, 170? Something like yeah. that. He lost the Giles fight, that a fight that a lot of people, including, I believe, Dana White, thought James Krause won. So the guy is quietly running off these wins, and the fact that he wants to uh, to step back and, and fight a guy like Buckley and is, and is wide open to it. And that's the thing about Krause that I like so much, is that he, he's not like, I, I have a dream of becoming a world champion. He's just like, I'm going to coach. I'm going to coach. And like, if a fight opens up on a certain date, I'll take it. No big deal. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not here to fight three to four times a year. I'm here to just take opportunities when they're given. So, but yeah, Buckley versus either of those. Either of those guys. Whew, that's just fun. That's just a fun fight. It's automatic. You just remi- fifty you just, G's. You just reminded me of Kraus Giles. I'm like, how have I not done a robbery review on that yet? That's a future robbery review because if were it not for one, I think bizarre judge's scorecard. I believe Kraus would have won that decision. Well, there's one like there was one inexcusable scorecard in there. Um, <laughs> Redwood Rebel had a suggestion which I hadn't even thought of, which I kind of love. And I don't know if one of these fighters would take it, but I don't, I don't see why the UFC doesn't doesn't think about putting this one together. Alan Joban versus uh, Anthony Pettis. Hmm. That is interesting. That is interesting. I kind of like it. I, I know Pettis is in that you know kind of guy. who's like, oh, I only want big names. Uh, and you know, Jaban is a veteran, but maybe he doesn't have this big a name as some of the guys Pettis has fought. So that's that's why it's probably unlikely. But I would love to see them try and put that one together. One thing that I, that that I said to myself last night is, uh, I I dislike Alan Jaban. I dislike him, and not because of he's not a, a great human being. He's too and, handsome and a handsome man. He's too handsome. The fact is, a lot of people talked about it on Twitter that they are shocked that Alan Jaban and Mauricio Shogun Hua were born on like the same day or something like that. The thing that irks me about Alan Joban is that he was getting hit very hard and it was getting marked up pretty badly by Jared Gooden in that fight. But with every mark in his face, he looked younger to me. Like he got younger. Like he went from like he went from like he went from like thirty eight, soon to be thirty nine, to like twenty two, just because he got punched in the eye. Like that is great. He was Benjamin buttoning it in there. Yes, he looked. By the time the fight was over, he looked like yeah, he looked like you would have to card him at the local pub. It's crazy. It's it's frustrating. He's just so he's just such a handsome man, you know. Yeah, he, he tweeted out a picture of his face from the hospital uh, after. And obviously, other than the swelling around one of his eyes, he really did kind of look like, like you said, he actually did look like the bruising, like the, the restructuring of his face. Maybe this is the new Hollywood. You know, he's, he's a model. You know, he's down with all the Hollywood secrets, right? Hollywood and, and, uh, and New York secrets. So uh, maybe maybe that's the thing. You just kind of get knocked. You, re, you have other fighters kind of restructure your face for you. Uh, and then, the you know, your bone structure. You, you want to keep that bone structure, of course, but just a, a little touch up, a little touch up in the bones. Yes. Uh, you know, a little solid punch in the face. And then when he heals up, it's stronger and somehow more handsome than ever. So I agree. It's it's frustrating. Uh, <laughs> I like and, that uh, fight, though. Red, I like that one. Yeah. Red Rebel Re- 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 also suggested Brandon Royval versus Juicy Formiga. Too soon. Oh. Come on. He, he said it jokingly. He said it jokingly. And I'm like, come on. He must not Too know. Too soon. No, no, no. He knew. He was joking. He was like, oh, he was oh, like, oh okay, okay, okay. He said, I forgot the UFC hates flyweights. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm just thinking, yeah, I... I would also love to see that fight, and uh, unfortunately, it will not. It probably will never ever happen. What about? Um, let, let me let me ask you this one. What about yeah, Joe? Please. What about Joe Ban versus D Rod? Whoever makes uh, whoever makes him less handsome and makes us feel less bad about ourselves, I'm all for it. And I think Daniel Rodriguez <laughs> absolutely. No, I'm kidding. I do. I wish no harm upon Alan. No, Joe no, Alan's no. Very fun fighter and 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 uh, and a uh, great great uh, personality for the UFC. So, uh, Marcus McGahey, he had a, a trio of decent suggestions. 
I feel like we mentioned this before. I don't know why it hasn't been made. Uh, Antonina and Sabina Mazo. I think it'd be a fun matchup. Uh, he also threw out a Kyle Dacus one. I actually like this one too. Kyle Dacus and Marc-André Barrio. I just did that so I could show off my pronunciation of his <laughs> name. And someone whose name came up quite a bit despite being the first fight of the card. Probably because they won a fight in the night award. Sasha Polotnikov. And uh, Marcus McGahee suggested for him uh, Matt Semmelsberger, which is... You know, again, I'm not saying it's a it's going to shake up a card or anything, but it's a good logical matchup for him. So uh, uh, people match up for Platnikov, which I'm which I'm fine with. I want to say Semmel's burger is booked, but I could be you might, wrong. You you might be right. There's something something that's pretty good too. Kyle like Kyle Dacus, The fight is Eric Anders. That's the fight. That's the oh. fight. Hundred percent the fight. The difference in UFC experience doesn't. Uh deter you at all no because i think i think he's he'd be heavily favored against eric anders i think he probably wins that fight and does so impressively and i think anders would put docus in in a position where he would get to kind of showcase his skills a little more like saturday night dustin stoltz was kind of an awkward guy shorter I, I I feel like Anders would bring a little more out of Dacus. Like Dacus Dacus fought Brendan Allen on like a week's notice, like off not off the couch, but a guy that came from the regional scene into the UFC and fought a guy that was just outside of the top fifteen, and they beat the brakes off each other. Like it was a great fight. And Anders was supposed to fight Antonio Ohio. Ohio is now rebooked to fight Duran Wynn on December nineteenth. So Anders, as of right now, is 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 looking for a dance partner. I think that's the way to go. Let's give Dacus a little bit of a bump. See, my reluctance there is, is I think he's obviously a really great talent, but I want to see him, like I said, he was thrown to the wolves with the Brendan Allen fight, and then, uh, I, obviously I'm not putting Anders up on that level, but I just feel like he's he's so much more experienced. Uh, but you're, you're right, if that fight was booked, there's a good chance Dawkins would be the favorite, like the slight favorite, like a 120, one, minus 120 or something like that, you know? So it's it's not crazy, I, I don't know. I, I want to see him be brought along slowly, but you're you're not you're certainly not wrong. Uh, Instagram DMs, I got a couple from, our, from our, my buddies, Jacob Best, Jay Steiner. Uh, Jacob, uh, throughout Paul Craig and Goliath 2, uh, you know, because again, the first one ended with the last second Hail Mary, they're kind of close in the rankings at this point. I don't. I like the rationale behind it. I think they're heading in different directions right now. It could happen somewhere down the road, but I, I do understand the rationale behind it, and I thought the suggestion was worth mentioning. And he also liked Nicholas Dalby versus the unbeaten Shavkat Rachmanov. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I was kind of... It's one I looked at. Again, in my rankings, they're very close together. Uh, I... I you know me. I, I, I really struggle with booking uh, undefeated guys or big prospects that go 1-0. You know, coming off their UFC win, I struggle with it. I admit it. I, I usually want to match them up against other, no one with, else with more than two or three UFC fights. But he's a blue chip talent, someone they really want to push quickly. Dalby is a name, uh, someone who's had one championships in Cage Warriors, and it would be, uh, it would be a competitive fight. So, I, so I'm not against it. I like it. I like that idea. I do like that idea. It's crazy because we should be talking about Rachmanov a lot more. Yes. But yeah, maybe, and then this is a way to do that. So I think Dolby would, Dolby will get in his face and scrap. I mean, I would heavily favor Rachmanov in that fight. But yeah, I like that idea. I do like that idea. Uh, Jason on our Instagram, I liked. He said, I, I don't know why. Not, is there a reason not ever thought of this? Alex Perez, Kai Car France. Um, I mean, Kai Car France. I, I, I good fighter, good fighter, but I don't think. Uh, I think he's too far back, honestly. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I, that's probably why. Again, I'm just trying to wonder why we didn't think about it. That's probably the same way what my where my head was. Uh, he wants to see Shogun continue fighting. I don't think we mentioned Shogun too much. Neither of us picked him as our wild card. Uh, I think a lot of us would be okay if he retired. I personally would be okay if he continued fighting with the right matchmaking. And maybe Jay Steiner has the answer here. Uh, Ed Herman. Ooh. Was this not booked before? Like, like it didn't happen. Was it not booked and it got canceled? I just feel like it's happened. I feel like I've seen these two <laughs> throwing sl- sluggish punches at each other in in the in the you know the the fourth minute of round three. You know, it's <laughs> happened. If I don't the, hate it. I wow. I, I am God. I am I'm awkwardly giddy about that idea. Ed Herman should have called him out. Ed Herman needs to be paying attention because that's the kind of call out he should have made. I, something I'd love to be a Shogun's last fight, something something like that. He needs to talk to his agent because it's kind of an appropriate fight. I, I don't know. There might be people who listen to this and just and just just barfing right now, but it's like <laughs> it's the only fight. fight. It's like the only fight that makes sense for either guy. Yeah. Wow. If, if if Shogun continues fighting, which I do, which I do think he will, he did not leave the gloves in the cage. He didn't really give a strong indication he was retiring. He didn't talk. He hasn't been talking about retirement at all. I think other than interviews like a few, a couple of years back, with where he said like, "This is how many fights I expect to have left." So I'm not sure where he is on that count right now. Is this uh, is that the same individual who suggested Cheyenne Bay's last week? It is. It is. I th- we, we, Jay Steiner. Jay Steiner's killing it. He said he said he doesn't know if he could top himself. He actually prefaces his, his message to me with, "I don't know if I can top last week," but he's doing really good. <laughs> Jay's 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 running off. Like either of us take a vacation day, we might have to invite Jay on. Jace 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 Steiner. Jace oh, Jace, Steiner. excuse really me, good. excuse me, Jace. No, no worries. And uh, well, I emailed, of course, my good buddy Tristan Gordet, who one of them was uh, Paul Craig, Jimmy Crute, which I feel like I thought about, but I want thirty-five. Crute. It's weird. I have. Did they already? Crute, Crute submitted him. Crute submitted him in the third round. Kimura. You're right. You're right. I guess he wants a rematch. Eh, it was about two nah, years ago. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if this. If, if Ankalaev's on a different trajectory, Jimmy Crute's definitely on a different trajectory. Crute's like yeah. the, the the prospect to watch at 205 right now. Uh, and the other one uh, he suggested Palatnikov and Alex Murano. Uh I should mention Jace also suggested Palatnikov and uh, Mickey Gall. I'll just say this, guys. As much as I'm glad that Palatnikov hasn't mentioned so much, you know, shout outs to my brother from another mother. Shout outs, shout outs, Hong Kong. Uh, he's probably more more Hong Kong than I am, frankly. Uh, relax, relax. I would like to see he just beat another debutante. Let's, I, I, I'm. It's cool. This Justin's coming in. Semmelsberger, Murano, uh, Mickey Gall, whatever. Give him, you know me. I'm, I'm very cautious. Give him another one, <laughs> another contender series. Give him another contender series guy. Give him another debuting person. Maybe give him uh, someone who's 0-1 in the UFC coming off a loss. Very impressed. He he beat a guy who who was absurdly favored against him. I'm not sure why the odds were so high in in uh, Kosi's favor, but uh, yeah, he looked good. But let's man, let's pump the brakes in the matchmaking. I did not expect Palatnikov to be the breakout star of this card, but he probably was in the in the top three. Fight of the night and big upset, and apparently a lot of people got matchmaking ideas for him. I, I already this one's too easy. This one's too easy. Sasha Palatnikov versus Canada's own Tristan Connolly. That's the fight oh. to make. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I, I agree. See that if I had done a wild card pick for Platinum that's definitely more in the direction I would have gone. And so readers, cool suggestions, compelling. Just pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Tristan. <laughs> Con- I'm just saying Tristan Connolly. I, I agree. I think a little bit more his speed, a little bit more his experience level until we kind of know what we have with with uh, Palatnikov. But a very, very nice debut. Yes, absolutely. Good comeback. And then you do Lewis Kosey versus uh, Jared Gooden. Boom. Nice. Mike, you're good at this. You're welcome. 
You should do a show. You should do a show. <laughs> Has anyone ever? You should do a show on matchmaking. I yeah, this is fun. You're very good. Any anybody else? That is it. That is that, that's again our, our usual suspects. Uh, thank you, everyone. Of course, who keeps sending in messages. Uh, uh, you know, before I think I was reading people's complete lists. So guys, sorry if I missed any of the matchups you were really really dying for. But I think I picked out that some of the good ones you guys picked. And uh, yeah, ex excellent work, readers. Another great week for the readers. Yes. Absolutely. This and uh, keep them keep them coming. All right. Just because the show is released doesn't mean we, we want you to stop with the suggestions. All right. Hit us up on the Twitter with those suggestions so the world can see it. He is at Alexander K. Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore Jr. Join us next week as we discuss the fallout of UFC Vegas 15. And I just I literally just thought of this, AK, because we have four more events in 2020. And then we have like, all? and then we have what? One, two, three. We have like four weeks off after that. What are we oh. going to do? Get some well-deserved rest? I was going to say, we're just not going to do a show, right? We just, we I, I, to, do we have... What are we going to do? The, be the best of oh. on to the next one? <laughs> well, you know what? We, like you said, there's four more shows, Mike. we got plenty of time to think about it. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have something. We'll have something to, yeah. I think, to take up this podcast. But people are used to hearing our, our sweet, sweet chestnut voices on Monday yes. morning. And uh, we certainly would not deprive would not deprive people of that. But uh, yeah, next week, I'm going to ask you, uh, I might have to start doing some research early, trying to figure out how to match <laughs> up some of these people. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be an easy one. Yes. It's not going to be an easy one. Of course, uh, this is this is UFC Vegas 15, I think. Uh, Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis in the main event, in the small apex cage, so that's going to be wild. Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark is the co-main event. Some interesting matchups, and when that happens, it leads to interesting matchmaking this is gonna be next week's show will be much more difficult to put together than this week's show for sure AK. readers put your thinking caps on now please look ahead to next week's card <laughs> feel free to send in your suggestions now i will gladly steal them yes jace get after this thing jace Dino. We, <laughs> we expect all of your all of your uh, your options and matchmaking ideas next week. But for now, we are out of time. For Alex Kaylee, I am Mike Keck reminding you, don't take it too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. And we'll have fun next week as always, right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.